happy um, that you are here today, and I'm happy that you are uh, blessed and that you didn't blow away in the storm. Thank God. I'm thrilled. I want you to uh, open your sermon notes. Let's get to it. And I want to talk today about being strong. Repeat the top with me, please. Say, 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 I am called, I am called to, be strong. to be strong. In our study today, we're taking a turn. A turn that I think is a, it's a bit of a surprise because the theme that we're supposed to be teaching on is called gifted. Gifted to build a future was the theme. What we're doing is we're going to turn that and we're going to talk about gifted to be strong. First Corinthians 12 is where I planned on going, but I'm going to take a turn here. I'll come back to that later on. And you're welcome to read that on your own because it talks about gifts. And I'll, I was going to talk about your gifts and how all that works, but that's another sermon down the road. But I, I want to today continue our theme for the year, which is purpose. The word purpose is our focus for the year. And the question for the year is, what is my purpose and why am I here? Can you say that with me, please? Come on. What is my purpose and why am I here? Now, I take this approach with a question and I answer the question all year because people forget what you say. So I'm trying to make it hard for you. If you can't tell people, I don't know what he said. He gave me notes. He's got one word for the whole year. So how can I be confused? And next year, I have another word I'll tell you about later. But part of what, and, and that word, one of the words is distracted. Can you say that word, please? Come on. I think a lot of people are distracted. And the distractions in life rob you of reaching your purpose. But that's not today's teaching. Today, we talk about gifting. You have been gifted by God. You have been given a specific talent by God, and one of them is the gift of strength. Strength is something that redefines everything. And it took me a long time to understand that I choose to be strong. It's not something somebody can choose for me. Parents learn that. Parents can inspire their kids, they can challenge their kids, but the kid has to say, I want to be educated. The kid has to say, I want to do better. You can have a friend who doesn't look like they should look, and you know it, and you try to advise them, you know, hey, do your hair or do something with your clothes, but if that's not a personal commitment, they migrate right back down to where they were. You have to decide. So I want you to understand, before I read first to you in Ephesians 6 and 10, this, this, um, this is something you have to want in your life. Listen to what Paul said to the Galatian, to the Ephesian church. This was his final letter, final comment. At the end of several years of relationship, after years of teaching them, Acts 20 records their final greeting and goes through this whole conversation they have. It's really powerful. But here in Ephesians 6 and 10, he says these words. Finally, my brother. Last thing I want to say to you in closing be strong. I want you to understand you have to decide that you don't want to live the way you've lived or the way your family's lived. Finally, my brethren, be strong. That's a decision. All of us have family stories. All of us can look back and we can recount weak areas in our families. For some, the weakness is men. They'll just get anybody that comes just to say they have somebody in their life. They'll take abuse. They'll suffer poverty. 
just to have a man. For some, it's women. That's their weakness. They go from relationship to relationship to relationship. They have no ability to be faithful. No capacity at all to be a faithful, reliable, trustworthy person. It's almost like you just get lost. It's really like, watch this for a second. It's like all they need is a phone call. All someone has to do is call them. Hey, how you doing? Want to go out tonight? Now they're fine until they call. But when the phone call comes in, no strength. Are you that way? Are you the person that has no strength, has no power, has no ability to say no? You can't say no to anything. You are completely weakened. All you have to do is hear the tapping on a computer keyboard and your brain says, go to the site. And you're pulled in and dragged along. Are you the kind of person that can be provoked with a tweet? <laughs> Don't read into that. <laughs> See, you read that wrong. See? Maybe. <laughs> Are you the kind of person that can be easily driven to say things because you're angry? It's really easy for a person, if you're not careful, to be weaker than they will admit. Finally, my brother, be strong. Finally, my brother, be what? Strong. Be strong. And watch what he says, in the Lord. Now, I want you to understand, strength is tied to, to relationship. Strength is tied to, in this text, Paul says, to your relationship with God. I want you to be strong with God. I want you to be strong. And that's not just going like this, and it's not just praying hard. It's, it's called commitment. I learned something that, that as a father, which is interesting. If I want Ricky to be strong with me, the only way that happens is through relationship. Being in his presence. Being in his house. I was in his house the other day, and I just cut all the lights on. It was great. You know, just being in And then I sent him, a, he was at work, and I sent him a text. Hey, I'm in your house, man. All the lights are on. <laughs> it's great feeling. See, I know what happened to him. He's at work, and he's like, ah, he's doing it again. Yes. Everybody say Relationship. It touches him. That's why I do it. There's something, about, there's something about what it feels like to really know God and to really make that a priority and say, I want to be strong by your definition, Lord. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, not just my own. Not just some self-help book when I pick it up and I start reading and I start trying to, you know, say the right words and confess some things. I, I, want my, I want my strength to flow through a relationship with him. So that's Paul's final advice to them. And then he begins to describe, and I'll go back to that in a minute, he describes what strength looks like. But I thought it'd be fun to take a detour for a moment and look at what Jesus said about strength. Because Jesus talked about the importance of being strong. But he talked about it in a, in, a, in a way that you'll miss if you're not careful. So in John 15, verse 5 through 11, and I'm not going to read it all, but I want you to listen to what Jesus said in this conversation with the disciples, one that they were really familiar with, because these were, these were business guys. People forget this. They were entrepreneurs. Jesus chose people who had to make their money. Life in Jesus' day was very different than life in our day. In Jesus' day, they had to, to actually grow stuff to eat it. You couldn't go to the grocery store and buy it. 
So there's this very strong appreciation for everything. And so if you wanted to have fruit, you had to grow the fruit. And so he says, I am the vine. Everybody that hears Jesus is right, on, right, right in tune with him because they know vines are everywhere in Israel. I am the vine and you are the branches. They get that too because they, they understand branches and vines. That's how we grow our fruit. That's how we grow stuff. That's how we fund and take care of our families. He said, he who abides in me. They get that too because they understand the branch and the vine. They all have to be connected. The branch is separate. It doesn't produce any fruit. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Without me, nothing works. Take the branch out of the vine, nothing works. The branch separated from the tree, the branch withers and dies. They get it right away. Jesus wasn't trying to be deep, just clear. And here's what he's saying. I'm, I want you to understand my view of our relationship should be should lead is that it should lead to fruitfulness it should lead to a place where you are fruitful where your life is producing enough to provide for yourself that's God's will and that's what he says relating to me leads to but he warns them he said if you don't abide in me if you don't you tell your kids this right if you don't listen to me if you don't go to school you don't do your work you get this whole story here's what happens you wither and let me tell you what's true. Over time, it's always true that people wither when they don't, they're not where they should be. When you're not where you should be, it just falls apart. Do you know people, the thing about, do you know some people that are withered and don't know it? When you see them, you're horrified. You go, hey, whoa, hey. You can see the withering, sometimes physically. You can see the withering. I guess one of the pains of being a doctor is you can look at people and go, this person has that, and they got this, and that means, and you start knowing things. Here's a question. Are you in a place where the real truth is you're withered? During a storm like this one, it stands out. It shows up. Things you didn't see about yourself, things you didn't understand, it starts, everything looks totally different. And now you step back and you go, man, he warned me about this. And so what do we do? Well, here's what he said. You abide in me. He says it again. If you abide in me in verse 6, then in verse 7, if you abide in me, he says it again. And then he says, my words, if my words abide in you, if we, if we are connected, if we're close, if we're together, he says, then you can ask for what you want. Now, I want you to notice how concerned he is about two things. Relationship, number one, I want you and I to be close. I want to be so close to you that you're hearing what I say. That's what parents say to kids. I want you, while you can, hear me now. Listen to me. I'm not just trying to control your life. That was my first statement to my kids. I'm not trying to control your life. I don't get paid for that. There's no money in this for me. <laughs> I want you to understand. I'm just, there's something about this. And you can hear the Lord saying, hey, listen, you need to, if you're going to be strong, if you're going to be fruitful, you need to stay close to me. And there's something that happens when you do. And you can ask 
what you will. You can ask for what you desire. Please notice the whole point. You can ask what you want. You ask for what you want. And then I, my goal is to get it to you. I want it to be done for you. All of our life we go through this. Stuff you want. Here's what's interesting though. Once you get it, you find out it's not always what you thought it was. That's why I believe God's for giving you stuff. I think you should get the car of your dreams and you can just, it just takes you places. I think you should get the house of your dreams because if you're a mean person in a nice house, you're just a mean person in a nice house. You start learning stuff is not what you thought it was. Stuff is nice. It's wonderful. But a cruise ship, all you can do is walk across the deck or you go too far, you drown. I mean, you know, it's just... <laughs> you hear, you know, these young kids, they come and say, hey, I, wanna, I can't wait until I get to middle school. When I get to middle school, big school. And so you wait. They get to middle school. Then after they're there for a while, they say, man, I can't wait till I get to high school. High school solves all my problems. I'm going to the prom <laughs> and all this stuff. And so you get all excited. And so then they get to high school and they go to the prom. And then they lose the prom pictures. Can't remember who they went to the prom with. <laughs> I shouldn't get I was so cheap. I went to the prom. Didn't even buy the pictures. The $10. I remember it was $10. Don't say anything. You weren't, you weren't there alone be $10. It was $10. I said, just, just take a picture. There you go. Bam. That's it. That's it. That's the prom picture. <laughs> Good. But, you know, now you just, you, some of you can't find your prom pictures. And you paid more than I paid. Well, I didn't pay. <laughs> We're in the same boat. No pictures, no pictures. But you have this whole dream. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to the prom. And so then you say, I'm going to get to high school. When you get to high school, you say, I'm going to college. Finally, I'm going to get out of this house with these people. Oh, God, I'm moving out. Yes, yes, I'm getting a dorm room. I'm going to live with these other people who are much nicer, right? Right. It's going to be wonderful. My friends are going to be there. We're going to party. We're going to have a good time. Yes. And then you go the first day, first day, first day of classes, first day the professor brings out that syllabus, and you go into, you go into, you go into shock. He wants me to read that by this weekend? What's the problem? Maybe like Friday, not the, most of the time in high school, you get at least a month or two. He said like 200, 100 pages. He 100 pages. Has he lost his mind? I have other things to do, like go to the game this weekend. And so all of a sudden now the world has changed. You can't wait to get out of college. You desire, you pray, God, I want to get out of college. And you get out of college. And then you, you say, I'm going to get a job. And then you apply. Nobody calls you back. <laughs> or when, you, when they call you back, they have this ungodly thing they say to you, we expect you to be here at 7 in the morning. You mean like a.m.? <laughs> you mean in the morning, present, awake, with clothes on. And then, then after you get through that, you get your job, and you say, okay, now I'm on job, get my house. Get me a house. But you never think about taking care of the house. Things breaking. You can't call the landlord. Now you got a house, and then you say, I'm going to get a wife and a husband and children. And then you get a husband and wife and children. And that first child teaches you something you never had in your life. That first time you get pregnant, you all excited, you all looking all romantic. And then all of a sudden, when it's time to have that baby, one, let me tell you, walking through the labor room with Diane one time changed my life. <laughs> That was an experience. That was a moment. I am telling you, 
That girl, dying strong. Now, let me tell you, when it comes to pain, she can take it. I'm a wimp. I can't take pain. I tell you now, if I think something's going to hurt, I call the doctor and say, okay, it's going to hurt in five minutes. I need you to look at this. <laughs> I, feel it, I feel it brewing. Anyway, so, but that girl, man, when, when she got in labor, man, she, she wasn't in it long. I knew it was tough because it wasn't but a few minutes. And she said, hey, 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 hey. And I'll never forget one of them nurses walked in there. You know, some of you that work with in, in hospital, you know, you, you sad because, you know, you're so used to this. She walked in there. She said, oh, baby. She wobbled it. Baby, you ain't. You just starting. You got a long way to go. <laughs> Diane said, give me a shot. Give me a shot. It was amazing. And I'm going to tell you, it, it, but it didn't just wear her out. It wore me out. <laughs> Woo, Lord Jesus. It took a long time for dying to have a baby. Man, I was sitting there saying, come forth, come forth. Come forth. I need you to come forth. I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl because we didn't know back then, you know. And I said, come forth. And so they didn't come forth. So I said, Diane, listen, baby, it's been 16 hours. Listen, listen, I got to eat something. So you and the baby are going to be fine. I'm going to the cafeteria. You know, she looked at me with an evil look. You going to leave me? I said, yeah, I'm going to leave you right in here with this baby, and I'm going to the cafeteria, praise the Lord. So I went down to the cafeteria, and she gave me evil eye all the way out the door, and I think she still ain't quite forgiven me for it. But anyway, so I went out, and I ate food and had fun. Hey, Pastor Rick, hey, 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 ate my chicken or whatever I had, and I came back, and she said, so you finally returned. I said, you still here? <laughs> Pray for stuff you desire. Till it show up. When it show up, it's amazing. Then when they come, then they start doing things. The little people start doing things. They do. They start doing stuff. You know, it's always cute to watch somebody else, you know, kid. And you always, you know, watching their kids. You got a lot of opinions. And you start, well, when I get a baby, here's what I'm going to do. Wait till you get one. And let me tell you, when they come, he came. He started running around. He was big, too. He was wearing size three clothes when he was one, I think. That boy was huge. He looked like he was big. People used to think we were lying when we went to the movies. I said, no, ma'am, he really is just one and a half, I'm telling you. And then Ricky started walking at seven months. Wasn't it seven months? He was walking at seven months. Good. Yes, he was. Imagine a seven-month-old that can walk with a mouthful of teeth that don't make sense when he talks. Imagine. But it, I mean, he had good balance. He could balance himself, and he was taking off and running, and he was, and he was wearing two-year-old clothes. People thought we were lying. He used to sit in the back of the church and throw his bottle at me from the back of the church. He used to just, just like that, just to aim. And that boy, was, he bit somebody in the children's church, and they put him out of children's church. <laughs> My, the pastor kid. You pray for things you desire, but when they come... Things have changed. I'm watching my son go through that now. You know, he, he, he wanted a baby. He wanted to be married. And he was just really excited about all that. So he got a baby now, see. But he was going to work the other morning. And he couldn't find his wallet. And they were all looking. They were running around the house. And Monica was trying. They was all trying to find it. They were looking. He was going to be late. Oh, be late. Don't be late. And he was running. Couldn't find it. And the, and the baby just watched him run around. Just look at him. <laughs> can't find it. Can't find it. Where it is. You don't know. And so finally, finally, you know what they found it? In her little chair. She hid it under the chair. She had it in the, she had it swallowed in the chair. Yo, you want them, you want them, you want them. And then they grow up and then they get 13 and you're the dumbest person on the earth. 
You turn that 13, 12, you don't know anything. You're dumb. You're just the dumbest parent. You're paying for everything, and then they get 15, and they want your car. They want you to teach them how to drive. You say, oh, no, you ain't walking good yet. I don't know if you're going to drive. And then 16, 17, 18, I mean, I'm just saying, you pray for things. You ask God for things in your life. But what you learn is God wants you to know that if you abide in me, I'll give you the strength to deal with all that. I'll give you the strength to deal with the hurricane and your family and your children and your marriage and everything else. Come on, give God a big hand. He says, you can be assured of one thing, no matter what you go through, you are loved. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. I'll tell you, one of the things that can happen to you when you go through certain things, you just stop being happy. And some, some people just carry this sad spirit. And I, I'm telling you, as a pastor, I know guys who prayed to get in this job and they prayed to be in the ministry, but when they get here, it's sad. They're sad, they're unhappy. You got on your job and you're sad and you're unhappy. And I just believe that strong people don't, don't, don't act that way. That I don't have to be a weak person. I could be a strong person. There's a book I'm reading, and I want you to quickly run through this. There's a book I'm reading called 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. I want you to just listen to this quick list, and I want you to see if you are guilty of any of these 13 things. I want you to think with me for a minute. I want you to ask yourself, am I the kind of person who slipped off into some of these side roads? And I'm telling you, this is very common. I, have, I love this book because it's spoken to me. It's by Amy Morin is her name. And what's interesting is, here's what she says. The first thing that mentally strong people don't do is they don't, feel, they don't, spend, they don't waste time feeling sorry for themselves. They don't waste time laying around, oh, poor me, my daddy, my mama, my cat, whatever. They don't waste time feeling sorry for themselves. Number two, they don't give away their power. Say that with me, please. Come on. They don't give away. No, come on. Say it again. Come on. They don't give away their power. There are people, there are people who will not like you for reasons you can't explain. And you can spend a lot of your energy trying to change their mind, but you can't do that. Sometimes you have to just move on in your life dwelling on what someone did to you always talking about it regurgitating it over and over again giving your power away you got to be careful in this election season boy I'm telling you watch too much of that news you just oh, you just drain out I just had to cut it off the other day. I said, oh this I need to know I don't want to be the dumb, I don't want to be the dumbest one in the room but there's something about understanding the power of me being in control and not allowing myself to let something that happened to me control me Number three, she said, don't, they don't shy away from change. Say that with me, please. They don't shy away from change. Change is inevitable. You change, your body changes, your world changes, everything changes, your marriage changes, your limits change, your capacities and abilities change. Embrace that. Number four, they don't focus on things they can't control. I don't control everything. I don't control everybody's view, everybody's opinion, the industry I work in, I don't control. What's happened to church? People are home. Hundreds are home. I see pastors trying to, you know, I'm not going to stream anymore because they'll stay home. Well, they, they'll just stream with somebody else. You just can't make people. You have to open the gate and embrace the future. 
Some of us are running. Your industry is changing. And you have to embrace that. I don't like computers. I'm never going to get an email. Well, okay. The world's shifting. And if you can stay behind if you want to. And what you'll learn is nobody's going to make you go forward. Nobody's going to make you change. They don't give away their power, number two. They, they don't shy away from change. Number five, they don't focus on things they can't control. Number six, they don't worry about pleasing everybody. Lord have mercy. Number seven, they don't fear taking calculated risks. There are times in life when the only way you're going to advance is to take a chance. Apply. Take a chance. Believe. When this kind of stuff happens like this and the storm comes place, comes through, you, you just want to lay down and just, just well, let's, let's, just, let's just lay here. Let's just not try anything else. No. They, they, the mentally strong people are willing to take calculated risk. I took one when I got on television. I didn't, have the, I didn't have the money to hire the first secretary. I had $600. I didn't have the money. But I hired anyway. I believe by faith that God would give me $600 extra dollars a month to pay this girl. I was, otherwise, I'd let her work one month and pray for her. <laughs> <laughs> when I went to be on the radio, I sat in, in the office, and I'll never forget. And, and then she said to me, she said, well, Pastor, it's going to be $600. I don't know what's with this $600. And I didn't have the first $600. I sure didn't have the second one. But I remember saying to Gloria, her name was Gloria Adams. I said, okay, by faith. I said, okay. That same month, I income went up by $600. Now, I'm not saying just go out and do things, but I'm saying that I believe that God wanted me to be on the radio. And I, 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 I believe that God wanted me to try. There's sometimes you've got to try. You've got to try. Come on, say try. try. Number eight, they, they don't dwell on the past. They don't dwell on the past. Never did work before. Try it now. <laughs> it might work now. It took, it, 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 it's amazing how many things you find can work. The guy who founded Macy's, it took him five tries. Five tries before his parade worked. His family loaned him the money on the first try, and he, he, they were all excited. And then by the third or fourth try, they said, now we're not giving you any more money. It's over now. Stop with this dumb parade idea. Sometimes, sometimes it's not always easy to get there. Number nine, they don't make their, the same mistakes over and over again. They stop trying. That's what I'm working on. Don't do the same thing over and over again, Temple. Learn from this. You keep choosing the same guys. You keep choosing the same women. You keep choosing the same things. You keep having the same arguments over the same things. You keep using the same cuss words when you get mad. Change. Just say darn. Say something else. <laughs> change, change. When you get mad, don't cuss. Say, okay, new word, new word. Oh, my G. Say something else anything come on everybody say change. change stop doing the same thing over and over and over again every job you go to make the same mistake number 10 they don't resent other people's success celebrate with other people number number 11 they don't give up after the first failure they don't give up after the what first failure or the second or the third number 12 they don't fear alone time say that with me please come on they don't fear alone time. Every now and then you got to be by yourself. Sometimes God can't bless you because you got too many people around you. You can't be strong and you got everybody around you all the time. You have to learn how to be alone. You have to learn that sometimes it's good that you're alone. He's trying to prosper you. He's trying to give you fruit. 
But you got everybody around you. Here's the last one. They don't, watch this now, they don't, they don't feel the world owes them anything. Amen. They don't feel that way. They don't, they don't feel the world owes them anything. And then lastly, I'm sorry, they don't expect immediate results. They don't expect things are going to happen right away. It's not going to be tomorrow. It's not going to be the next day. There are things in my life now that I'm committed to, and I understand that in order for it to happen, I have to work at this. It's going to take a while. It takes a while to write a book. It takes a while to change your financial situation. But here's what you've got to do. Decide to be strong. It's when you say, I have decided that I will not live in this situation for the rest of my life. I have decided. That I, if I don't like the way I look in the mirror, I've decided to make a decision to walk three times a week, 20 minutes, briskly somewhere. Around the refrigerator, I don't care where you walk, do something. <laughs> it's when you make up in your mind, I'm tired. This thing, if you watch it, it's doing good now, praise God. But it'll grow if you don't watch it. You got to look down and say, all right now, in Jesus' name, watch yourself. You got to try. You have to try. You have to try. If you don't try, I'm telling you, start, start hurting. You know, I was saying the other day, you know, I, I'm learning. I'm, I'm stretching. I'm exercising. Because I'm, I'm tired of reaching for something. Oh, 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 oh. Quick it, quick it. Can't get it. Can't get it. Hold on. See, I forgot to send an email. Back. You're about to bend down. Knees. Go down. <laughs> you know, you got you to gotta slow it down. And you got to pay attention and mean this. Come on, say nobody. Come on. Nobody. Is, planning is planning for my success. For my success. I, need I need to be strong. When you get strong, Paul says you look this way and I'm done. Here's what Paul said in Galatians 6 and 11. People that are strong look a certain way. Paul's in a prison and he's looking up at a soldier and Paul draws this incredible analogy. He lists, he describes what strong people look like. He said, first of all, they put on the whole armor of God. Are they wear everything they're told. Their whole armor. A soldier would put on the whole armor. Everything he's supposed to wear. And why did he do that? So that he'd be able. So if you don't put on everything, you won't be able. I'll talk about what everything is in a minute. Number two, they fight who they're supposed to fight. We wrestle against principalities. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not your cousin, it's not your neighbor, it's not your daddy, it's not your mother. You want to make it that. But it's principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness. The enemy, spiritual forces try to get you off track. Trying to make me frustrated. It's, it, it's, those, it's, it, it's that, it, it's, it's funny. It, as a pastor, when you're up here preaching, sometimes if you don't think you're doing good, you, you, start, you start flipping out. And it's the devil, yeah, you're doing bad. Well, ain't nobody learning nothing today. They can't wait till you finish. You know, you start, you, that's not happening today because I'm doing good. But you know, but, but <laughs> I'm serious. Or sometimes if you go places and it's new and people don't know you and they're all looking at you funny, you know. And, and, and so you can go, and does anybody know what I'm talking about, right? You, 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 it can be a new job, it can be a new community, it can be anything. And emotionally, if you're not careful, you feel yourself being pulled aside. You have to learn to fight the right fight. People who are strong, they don't waste their time fighting the wrong fight. They speak to that foolishness and say, I'm not trying to be impressive. I got a point to make. Come on. I fight the right fight. You're supposed to fight what you're supposed to fight. 
Don't spend your time fighting yourself or fighting somebody. Why are you fighting the girls at school? Do they pay you? I don't understand this fight. Why are you fighting somebody on your job that does not sign your check? I don't understand what you're fighting that department for. Let all that foolishness go. Come on, say amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Let it all go. Fight the right fight. People that are strong do that. They also stand where they're supposed to stand. Therefore, verse 13 says, take up the whole arm of God that you may be able. There's again, I put on everything I'm supposed to put on that I may be able. My ability is tied to what I put on. Say that with me, please. Come on. My ability is tied to what I put on. If I've got an ability problem, I'm not fully dressed. And if I put it on, I'll be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all I should do, I stand. So I have a checklist. Did you honor God and you're giving? Yes. Did you pray? Are you honest? Are you a man of integrity? Okay. Check, check, check. If you're fine, you've done all you can do, just stand. All you got to do is wait now. I've done everything God told me to do. Nothing up my sleeve. I'm not hiding anything. All I got to do is wait. Let me tell you, storms can come. Things can blow up on this church. But if I've done everything God told me to do, come on, say amen. I believe. I believe. Come on, are you hearing me? I believe. Having done all to stand, do what? Stand. And here's how I stand. I stand dressed and I'm clothed in seven things. Number one. First of all, stand therefore, verse 14 says, having girded your waist with truth. Be honest. What's the truth? Where am I weak? Where should I have known better? Should I have saved more money? Should I have been more disciplined? Tell the truth and say, yes, that's true. I'm guilty of that. There's, there's something about leadership style that's really important. There's something about lifestyle choices. I make a decision as a leader, as a father, as a husband, to tell the truth. The truth. What's the truth? You know the truth. When you look at that other woman, you know exactly what the truth is. You know exactly what's in your mind when you saw that guy. Don't lie to yourself. Tell the truth. It's when you tell the truth that you're fully dressed. As long as you're lying to yourself and lying to people, you can't get anywhere. Number two. He said, not only should you be truthful when you look at that soldier and look at his belt, he said, you need to have on the breastplate of righteousness. The soldier had a breastplate on. Be committed to doing what's right. What is right? What is the truth? What is righteous? The breastplate of righteousness and having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel. I need to make sure that I'm dressed with the gospel, the good news. That's my main, listen to me carefully, that's my main responsibility. Now, as your pastor, i got to say this because it's just, you know, it's just not right for me not to say it. Euangelion is the Greek word that means evangelical. That's this word. My responsibility is the good news of Jesus Christ, not politics. Now, I'm not against politics, I'm for it, but I want to make a point. Here's what's happening, and I want you to write it down and say I told you this. The name is being changed in the minds of people. They're no longer going to see this as something that has to do with winning you to God. Now they're going to see it with a certain political position. Here's the danger with that. No political position is perfect. God didn't write political positions. Now I understand that I got a political opinion and a position, trust me. 
but I ain't talking about it today. But here's what I'm going to say. We need to be careful because now you see the tides turning. And now the, the, the church is being dragged into a direction that's surprising. Our leaders are now on, on trial and, and it's going to be worse as time goes on because here's what's going to happen if you're not careful. You're going to go so far down a road that you can't turn around. So far down a path that people won't listen to you anymore. I am called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm called to preach the gospel. And let me tell you, when I preach the gospel, I'm talking to people in all kinds of places in their life. Let me, let me tell you the truth about the gospel I preach. I preach to people that are gay and straight. I preach to people that have had abortions and thinking about having abortions. I preach to people who are fornicating and lying about it. I preach to people. I preach to people who are not living holy. Y'all can show sure look at me, but I know I'm telling the truth. Come on, say amen. I am preaching to people who are Republicans and Democrats and Independents, and some of you not even registered to vote after asking you a thousand times. I'm preaching to everybody, and at the end of the day, I don't control what you do. I give you the best advice I can, but I cannot stop preaching the gospel. I can't stop preaching the word of God. Come on, say amen if you hear me. I can't stop preaching the word. I can't do that. I cannot lock you out because you don't agree with me. Won't you then take a stand? I'm taking a stand, but I, I can't help it. She's transgender. She loves me. She calls me. She asks me questions. I just pray with her. Watching right now. All right now. Amen. Right now. I don't agree, but hey, I love you. Amen. We don't have to agree on everything. I can't make, you know, the church is such a phony place sometimes. You just act like nobody ever did anything. You don't know. You ain't never seen a person and your cousin gay, your granddaddy. Come on, say amen. You know what I'm telling the truth. You don't have to agree, but you got to find a way to get along because we live in the United States of America and we got to get along. Come on here. You hear what I'm saying? I, I can't make you. I told you, if I was in charge, if, I was, if it was my way, you, I would ban all chocolate ice cream. You better be glad I ain't in charge. You better be glad I can't do what I want to do. I don't like chocolate ice cream. I like chocolate milk. But you would be, you'd be fine if I saw you. Diane Show would be fine many times licking on that chocolate ice cream. I would ban mashed potatoes from the planet. You better be glad I ain't got no power. Get out of here. You better not have no mashed potatoes in your mouth. No, you wouldn't be able to have it. I'd put you in jail if you had it. You better not have mashed potatoes. You better be glad I ain't in charge. We're glad you ain't in charge. You got some issues. We love you, but you got some issues. But what if you got to ban everything you didn't like? What if you got to ban everybody you didn't like? You want everybody to look like you, be certain size. And listen to me. Some people are never going to be that size again. Let them alone. Some people are never going to be able to have certain things. Leave them alone. Some people will never agree. And some people are going to be a little crazy all their life. That's just the way it is. How do I manage a world that's not like me? And that wasn't right for you to point to him. I saw you do that. I want you to say it. She said he talked about you. <laughs> but, but see, all that to me is part of family and living in the world. And let me tell you something. You ought to be glad you live in a country where you can do it because I go places you can't do it. I go places you can't say those things. I go places you cannot, you cannot say those things. You can't, I'm telling you right now, you, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous now, but we go, I, I travel around the world. I'll be in Nigeria in a few weeks. I'm telling you, I'm real paying attention. 
And you know, yeah. praise God, you got to have security and you got to have people around you. You know, you go to these countries, Asia and places, you know, they, you got to be careful. And you, sometimes you can forget. But I can't let myself get caught up in all that because I'm called to preach the what? The gospel. All right, y'all got me off. I got to finish. I got to finish. Just be still, little clock in Jesus' name. Watch this. He says, above all, take the shield of faith. I've got to believe. I've got to have confidence. He said, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You got to take the helmet. He looked at that soldier. He saw the soldier had a helmet on. He said, you need a helmet of salvation. Your mind needs to be saved. Your mind needs to be delivered. And then you got to have something to fight with. Every now and then you got to fight. This week we had to fight. Amen. You got to take out a sword and say, I'm not going to let this kill me. Amen. I'm not going to let one week off work stop me from believing that God's going to prosper my life. I'm not, gonna let this, I'm not going to let this drown me in my faith in God. Right. You know, I first started saying, well, maybe we, after this storm, need to cut this out, cut that out. I said, no, in Jesus' name, we're going to fight forward. Come on, amen. We're going to give. We're going to believe the word of God. Come on, church. Come on, amen. We're going to believe the word of God. And then here's what we said. Watch this now. And we're going to also pray. Last thing on the list. Pray with all prayer and supplication. Here's what you ought to do. Instead of giving up, you ought to get up. Instead of falling down, you need to stand up. Instead of surrendering, you need to say, I'm going to fight another day. In Jesus' name, I'm going to die fighting. I'm not going to give up on my marriage, on my life, on my children. Come on, on my grandchildren. I'm not going to give up on myself. I'm not going to give up on myself. I'm not going to give up on my church. I'm not going to give up on you. And I don't want you to give up on me. And we're going to stand together. Come on, church, and we're going to win in Jesus' name. If you're hearing me today, I want you to stand up on your feet. And I want you to say it out of your mouth. Say, I will not surrender. Come on, say. Come on, say, I will not surrender. Father God, I speak the word over your people's life today. I declare in Jesus' name that we are strong people. That we are not weak people. We have hurricane strength. And we see our weaknesses and we're going to strengthen those areas. I declare, God, that your word, lift those hands up high. I declare in Jesus' name. We are rising. We're not dying. We embrace the future. The hundreds who are home watching, we embrace them in Jesus' name. Those who will come on demand and watch this, the thousands who will, we embrace them in Jesus' name. We embrace, Lord God, the future. One day, almost all of our money will be outside the building. We embrace the future. We embrace smart plans, confidence. You say with me, please. Say, I will not surrender. So, Lord, together we praise you and thank you for this time. Every head down, every hand down, please, for just a moment. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, after hearing the message, I get one big lesson for me. I need to give my life to God. I am not walking with God, but I want to today. I want you to pray a prayer for me, Pastor, and I'm going to leave out of here strong because I have not been walking with God. I've never given my life to Jesus. I need to do that today. I need to be strong in the power of his might. If you're here, I want you simply to raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. Say, pray that prayer for me because I want to give my life to the Lord. I see you. Anybody else? Say, pray that prayer for me. Pray that prayer. Let me see your hand. Where you are? I see you. Anybody else? Pray that prayer for me. Where are you? Let me see you. Don't, don't, don't be shy. This is the moment. Just put your hand up. Put it right back down. Some of you are raising your heart wherever you are. Father, we pray for those who are raising their hearts and their hands. We declare by faith in Jesus' name, both here and at home, that the hand of God will be strong in their life. That this will be the day they say, I gave my life to Jesus. And I will be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity in Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen. amen. Are you glad you came today? Yeah. Come on, are you really glad you came today?